As believers, we are light in this world. And light has already been within us. The Holy Spirit cleaned up our whole inside of our hearts, our conscience, which is so cool. We have a conscience because whenever we deviate from the truth, our conscience won't leave us alone. At least my conscience won't leave me alone. Because the light has been poured into our lives. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad you've joined us today for our continuing study of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. As you think about the deepening spiritual darkness of our world today, Raul will urge us to see that now more than ever, it's crucial for us to shine brightly with the light of Jesus' love. With the message, We Are the Light of the World, here's Raul Reese. Would you turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. When Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, it was not to the multitudes, it was to the disciples. And what really blesses me is when he gave the Sermon on the Mount, the way he spoke to them with authority. And it was things about the kingdom of God, the way that we should live, behavior. And when you think about the way the world is heading to, especially the church. When you look at the church around the world today, you can see that a lot of the churches today do not believe in truth. They're changing. And they're compromising. So they're not really living up to the Sermon on the Mount, which a Sermon on the Mount is not a bunch of rules and regulations. It's the Word of God. This is why Jesus, you'll see in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, it was said to do this, but barely I say unto you. He's changing from the law to the grace of God. And I hope that as we go through the whole Sermon on the Mount, that it will change our attitudes, that it will change our hearts, so that we can become better citizens of the kingdom of God. It's his church, we are his people, and if the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back again soon, then we need to be salt And we need to be light. Let's read chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. He says, You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a basket, but on the lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. There are certain qualifications to become a disciple of Christ. Now, we know there's a lot of people that are church members. The qualification and the requirements for someone to become a child of the light is to be born again of the Holy Spirit. As a person realizes that he has sinned against God and that he needs a Savior in his personal life. And then by coming to Christ's repentance, and then accepting Him by faith, and then beginning to read the Bible, beginning to grow, to develop, and becoming not only mature in the Lord, but then God has also a work for you to fulfill. It's called the calling of God. It doesn't always mean a pastor. 
but to share through your life that you truly have been what, born again of the Holy Spirit. And that you're there not to preach to people, to turn them out from Christ. One of the things that I talk to people about is that if you're working or going to college, wherever you are, and you call yourself a Christian, but they don't see your life as a Christian, then what you're doing is you're pushing people away from Christ. And this morning, Jesus is going to speak to us about a very important topic. He says in verse 14 through 16, he says, we are the light of the world. When you think about light, you could take a beam of light in one second, you could hit the moon because it travels at 186,000 miles per second. That's pretty fast. But think about how important the light is to this world. The sun reflects on the moon. I mean, I don't know if you have ever walked into a real dark place without like a cave. Not even a flashlight or a light or whatever it is. And you can't even see the front of your hand. And at the same time, think of the people today when you walk out of this church. And even though the sun's shining. The Bible says that any person that doesn't know Christ, he's walking in the darkness. In the worst darkness you could ever have, a darkness that will lead you to hell. And in hell, it will be pitch darkness. And the Bible says there will be screaming, yelling, and they'll be cursing. There'll be everything else, but those people will never, ever see the light ever again. And yet, for the Christian, it's awesome. Because not only do we have the sunshine here today, and when you die, and you take your last breath, and you step into eternity, immediately you're going to be in the presence of the light, the everlasting light. Look what Jesus says as he's talking to his disciples in verse 14 through 16. He says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Wow, that's pretty intense there. He's talking about he's the light of the world, but we also are to be lights in this world. We are light of the world. We reflect Christ. So here in the Sermon on the Mount, he's making use of two sublime illustrations. Number one, salt. Salt. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how then shall of its season? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and to trample under the foot of men. What a shame it is. When Christians bring a bad name to Christianity. But not becoming the light. The light that people should be able to see in their own personal lives. That's the second thing that he gives to here. Light attracts bats. Gnats. Think about it. And at the same time, light gives us life. And the scripture speaks a lot about the light that Jesus Christ not only has given to each one of us individually. But we need to be careful that we don't stumble people by saying that we are in the light and yet they see us walking in the darkness. Listen to what Jesus said in John 8, 12. 
He said, Jesus spoke to them again and said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I mean, how much clearer do we want from Jesus to say that to us? Walking in the light. And then the first point that I want to speak to you this morning is how the church is a light. The church, the ecclesia, the ones called out, that's us. And every religion believes that they have the right way. They believe that in their own way, they're going to a place where they're going to be transformed, whatever they're going to become. But there's only truly one way to heaven. And that's through Jesus Christ. People say, well, you're too prejudiced, or you didn't never mind it. Well, I didn't say that. That's what the Bible says. Jesus said that. And that's why for me it's important that my children, my grandchildren, and that anybody I come in contact with, I want them to know that there is a light eternally. We don't preach to people. We live in front of people so they can see the light. The world's so full of darkness that they're looking for hope. And if the church can't give them hope, then what can we give to them? And bring shame to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we not only reject His love and grace and mercies through disobedience in becoming light. You see, the light has several things. Number one, the light is clear and pure. Clear and pure. Ephesians 5, Paul says, For you were once darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Holy Spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So Paul the Apostle is exhorting the Christian, letting them know that in the past, at one time, we were walking in darkness. And my question is, why are you still walking in darkness? If it was from the past, why in the present? We need to be careful. There's a lot of people that are perishing in this world, including our families. Secondly, the light penetrates. It penetrates. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5, Paul says, You are all sons of light, sons of the day. We are not of night nor of darkness. Notice he makes a distinction. Then thirdly, light enlightens. John 12, 35, Jesus said, And then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while we have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We'll continue with Raul's teaching in just a moment. first time I read the Sermon on the Mount, I was blown away by it. I realized and I learned that we are all called to be salt in this earth. And we are to be a preservative to this world that is dying. Christ has placed us in this world to be a light, to be a witness of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we can sometimes forget that we need to stand out from this world and to be set apart. We need to actually live the gospel. Otherwise, how can we lead people to the Lord? We are called to long-suffering, to prayer, to forgiveness. And we are called to know the purpose God has for our lives. And to be in God's perfect will so that we can 
complete the work he has called us to do. Allow this book, Sermon on the Mount, to minister and transform your life the same way it did my life. Visit somebodylovesyou.com to order Rawls' new book, Sermon of Sermons. Now let's return to today's lesson with Rawl Reese. Fourthly, light reveals. I love this. John fourteen six. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Notice what he's saying. A lot of people are trying to come to the Father. No one can come to the Father unless you come through Jesus Christ. There's no mediator between God and men but the man Christ Jesus. That's 1 Timothy 2.5. That means God's over here, we're here, and Jesus is the bridge builder. Everybody's trying to come this way and this way. You can't do it. Because God has called each one of us, when we have the light in our lives, that when we actually come to Jesus Christ, we find not only peace in our lives, but the love of God is in us and through work into our lives. And remember, the light also guides our footsteps. It guides our life. John, he says in John 12, 46, I have come as a light into the world that whosoever believes in me should not abide in the darkness. Should not abide. God wants to save people. God wants to touch people. Especially the church. Six, light strips away the darkness. John three nineteen. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than the light. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. Now notice what he says. Everyone practicing. Notice again. He's practicing evil hates the light. And does not come to the light. Lest his deeds should be exposed. And how are they exposed? By the light. It brings it to repentance. To have faith in Jesus Christ. And no longer to be in bondage to sin. No longer being condemned to hell. But coming into the Lord Jesus Christ and expecting to go to heaven. I love that. And then he goes on to the second point. He says this. And the second point is pretty interesting. Because he's trying to share with us exactly what Jesus Christ desires from each one of us individually. He says the purpose of the church. So what is the purpose of the church? Paul the Apostle in Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16. He gives you the purpose of the church. Not only to be saved, but it's for the teaching of the word of God. Preaching is for the non-believer. And what? To get people to get saved. But teaching is once you accept Christ... You got to sit down, you got to study God's word because you have to develop spiritually to maturity. And the problem with so many in the church is that they become born again of the Holy Spirit, but like Paul said, they're constantly sucking on milk. And you don't grow, you don't grow in Christ Jesus. But when a child of God wants to be obedient, and want God's blessings upon him, then he's going to discipline his life. He's going to take up his cross and follow Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. That's the real walk of a child of God. Because in verse 15, he said what? Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Anywhere you go in Israel, if you're in the Sea of Galilee at night, it's an amazing place. 
And when you're on your hotel window, you're looking out with many years ago, back in the 70s when I went to Israel for my first time. I was in the Sea of Galilee in a hotel, and you barely saw a couple of lights in Capernaum. Just a couple of lights. Today you go after some 30, 40 years. And Capernaum is a huge city as also the gatherings, and then Canaan also in Tiberias. So imagine the power of light. And God has given us and has called each one of us to be light in this world that is passing away. Remember again what he said in 8.12. I am the light of the world. He who follows me is not to walk in darkness, but to have the light of life. And then Jesus wants us to have good works. Remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3.11-16. That one day we're going to stand before the Lord. He's going to take our works. He's going to put them into the fire to value what? Gold, silver, wood, hay, or stubble. Five things. And whatever the substance of your works are, that's going to be your reward, what comes out of the fire. And if everything burns in the fire, you will be saved by the grace of God. But you have nothing to show. And I think it's really important that whatever we do in our testifying, I mean witnessing and our giving to God, reading our Bibles, praying, teaching our children, that all those things are spiritual things that one day are going to count tremendously. Everything we have in this world that is temple, it's all going to burn. You can't take it with you. And then it is lit to be seen, not only to give light, but also to affect people's lives when we stand before them. Because again, it's not by what I say. When people see the light in my life, they're going to say what in your life. They're going to have questions and say, how can I come to know Christ? And there's a lot of people in need, my friends. A lot of people in need today. So important for us as a church to really be the light of the world. To be a light set on a hill for everyone to see. Third point, the exhortation to the church. That this is pretty heavy. Look at verse 16. He says, let your light so shine before men that they, men, may see your good works, notice, and glorify your Father in heaven. Are people glorifying God or are they glorifying you? If they're glorifying you, man, that's bad. They should always glorify God the Father for the life that we're living in. Because as believers, we are light. In this world, and light has already been within us. The Holy Spirit cleaned up our whole inside of our hearts, our conscience, which is so cool. We have a conscience because whenever we deviate from the truth, our conscience won't leave us alone. At least my conscience won't leave me alone because the light has been poured into our lives. Light is so amazing. When he said, let your light so shine, it means that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, people have to see not only the light, but they have to see the works of the light. The works of the light. This is really important. Because there are two purposes for letting your light shine. Number one, we are to let our light shine in order to show forth good works. A Christian has to be fruitful, not unfruitful. Remember what Jesus said in John 15? He's the vine, we are the branches. He says, and when a farmer goes out to trim his branch, 
He looks, number one, to see the good branches that are there, the ones that are alive, and then he sees those that are dying. So in order to bring forth more fruit next year, what does he do? He trims it. But when he comes to the dry, notice, branches, what does he do? Does he trim it? No, he cuts it off. And they're only good to be thrown into the fire. We as believers are being pruned. So that we can bring forth fruit. How are we being pruned? Through our trials, through our temptations, through all the things that we face as children of the Lord. God is testing us. Either we pass the test or we flunk the test. And if you flunk the test, guess what? You got to retake the test till you pass it. So it's not in vain. God has his purposes, and the reason for that is because he wants you and myself to bring what? To bring ourselves to submission to the cross of Jesus Christ. To submission. Listen to James 3.13. He says, Who is wise in understanding among you? Let him show it by good conduct, notice, by good manner of life, that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. People have to see your works. Not condemn your works. Secondly, we are to let our light shine in order to steer men to glorify God, not yourselves. To steer up men to glorify the Father. To glorify Jesus Christ. The glory of God is to be a primary aim for all believers. Even those that are here today. Listen, 1 Peter 4.11. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever, so be it. And then First Peter chapter 5.11 says, To him be glory and dominion forever and ever, so be it. So God gets the glory through our lives. When people have nothing to say against us, God gets the glory. But when people have something to say about us, about each one of us individually, and we're drawing people away from Jesus Christ, then God doesn't get the glory. God gets put down because of our lives. And yet he has done so many things in each one of our lives. Listen to John fifteen eight. He says, you did not choose me, But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you because of obedience. And then he says this, 1 Corinthians 6.20. For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Peter 4.11. If anyone speaks, let him speak. The oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with ability which God supplies. That all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. you struggle to feel that you can truly make a positive impact in our spiritually dark world, we hope that you've been encouraged by today's assurance that you are simply called to reflect Christ, the light of life. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. The message you've heard today has been shortened to accommodate broadcast time. But if you'd like the full lesson, we'll send it to you for a donation of $5 or more. Call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for the lesson titled, We Are the Light of the World. 
Now, we'd like to tell you more about Rawls' new book titled Sermon of Sermons. This resource will guide you in pointing others to Jesus as you walk in obedience to His will and allow Him to shine through you so that others can see the hope of His salvation. Get in touch with us to take advantage of our discounted introductory rate of just $12 plus shipping and handling. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and ask for Roll's new book titled Sermon of Sermons. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. To order this book by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Your generous gifts are tax-deductible and help us keep the hope of God's Word on the air. We appreciate your partnership. Well, it's always a blessing to have you join us in taking a few moments to focus on Jesus and His Sermon on the Mount. We'd love to have you join us again next time. We'll look into how faith and actions can and should work together to bring glory to God's name. Here's Roll now with a closing comment. Maybe today you're here and you're struggling. Maybe you're struggling with your family. Maybe individually. And Satan has been condemning you. Fully condemning you. Which means you can't experience the peace of God. But yet, Paul says in Romans chapter 8, 1. Therefore there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Holy Spirit. When you align yourself with the purposes and the will of God, the condemnation and the guilt will depart. It won't be there anymore. You know why? Because you're going to be obedient to the Word of God. May God today help us to be light in a world that is getting so black, so dark. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.